0: Greetings, people of the internet! My name is Big Mo, and it is my honor to welcome you to the hardest-hitting, full-of-ranting, most entertaining show in the world! This is the Dave Van (laughs) Again. show
1: what's up guys we are back the Dave Van Alken show presented by fight bananas podcast 167 guys January 17th uh it's a Tuesday it is a Tuesday and it's uh, a <laughs> we are back from a crazy uh announcement weekend from the ufc guys francis is gone john jones is back leon edwards versus usman the trilogy is on absolutely bananas and a great uh ufc vegas 67 with strickland winning the main event and we are here we are on the road to ufc 283 uh glover to share jamal hill will fight for the vacant ufc light heavyweight championship so a lot to get into guys uh this will be a little pre-log um really cool a first time ever guest, uh, the anchor of this podcast. We go for 35 incredible minutes. Uh, WWE wrestlers, he's back in TNA. He loves combat sports. His love for judo. His daughter, so much to get into, guys. Anthony Carella, a.k.a. You guys probably know him as Santino Morella, joins the podcast here in around five minutes. So uh, really pumped. Uh, it's It's an unbelievable conversation. We go for 35 minutes. But before Santino comes on, guys, I'm going to drop right now. John Jones is back. Francis Nagano, is it greener? Is it always greener on the other side? I don't think so. So my Francis take, my John Jones take, and then we get into Santino Marella. There we go, guys. Make sure you go to uh, the sponsor, the MMA Shark, or the MMA Put in that promo code 23Bananas. 23 bananas. That's at the mma shark.com. He's the world's greatest MMA handicapper. If you were just with him, his last weekend, he swept the main card. Five fights on the main card for UFC Vegas 67. He won all five fights. I cashed literally seven tickets. I I didn't know. Not gonna lie, he had his um his biggest underdog on the card. Didn't work out. We, he's always been up truth to us. But I got seven cash tickets. I won around. Uh, I think five units. So, hey, I'm happy. We're going to keep rolling. All right, guys. Santina Morella is the anchor. John Jones take. Francis Nagano take. Episode 167. Let's go. What's up, guys? Dave Van Auken. We're back. Big week here. UFC 283 this week. But let's talk about probably, not probably, one of the biggest news uh over the weekend dropped it's the news we've been waiting for for a long long time i think espn mma put up that graphic it's been over like 1100 days guys john jones is back and not he, he's just not just back i don't even think it could even be bigger i know maybe him versus francis that was something that we all wanted to see would, would be uh humongous but it's almost in a weird way it's bigger because francis is stripped no longer in the ufc he's fighting cyril gahn who Cyril Goneta, all this, is just one of the most underrated fighters in all the sport. If you look at him and his record and what he's done in the heavyweight division, his only loss is to Francis Nagano in a ultra-close fight, in a five-round ultra-close fight. So this is a great fight. These are the two best heavyweights in the world. We got great challengers on the way up. We got Curtis Blades and Sergey Pavlovich on the way up, and I love that because that really gives John Jones a year, year and a half, a huge roadway to see what's next. But let's just talk about it, guys. John Jones is back, one of the great fighters in the history of the sport, like I said over and over again. Don't love a lot of the stuff outside the octagon and some of the stuff he has done. But inside that octagon, when the door closes, he's the greatest mixed martial artist I have ever seen. Uh, we're doing a lot of Mount Rushmores here lately under the Fight Banaz banners. And for me, I disagree or agree, he's on the Mount Rushmore. He is the greatest mixed martial artist we have seen. It's been a couple of years since his return. And he's coming back as a heavyweight. This is just humongous. This is so good in so many different levels. If John Jones reclaims or captures the heavyweight championship and defends it once or twice or whatever happens in the next year, year and a half, this is Bay wants to fight him in July. If John Jones goes on a heavyweight run, it's unquestionably, guys. Like Khabib Nuragamadov is great. And Anderson, the spider Silva is great. And GSP, all these great. Demetrius Johnson, nothing but love. But if John Jones like dominates two different weight classes, two of the different, and I can argue this is a great time for UFC heavyweights. That's just three names Curtis Blades, Pavlovich, and Stipe. if uh, he defeats Cyril Gunn, those are four tremendous heavyweights. Who knows what happens in the future with Francis? But I think it's nothing but great news. John Jones is back in the UFC March 4th, I believe, uh Las Vegas T-Mobile Arena. It's just it's great for the brand. It's great for John. I think it's great for Gone as well. I think it's great for MMA. It's great for UFC. It's great for it's great for everyone aboard. Uh, we're so excited to hear a fight finesse. John Jones is back. We can't wait. Uh, drop off early predictions. We're not gonna early predict anything here from me. We got so much. Guys, we have UFC 283 this weekend. We had UFC 284 like in three or four weeks. It's gonna be an absolute bananas first quarter of the 30th year of the UFC. Cannot wait. But guys, he's back. The greatest mixed martial artist and to me and i've ever seen john jones is officially back thing i want to talk about so we talked about jones john jones being back and fighting cyril gone but one thing i haven't talked about yet here on fight bananas is about francis nagano like that's that was kind of the big elephant over this last six months with John Jones. And this is the biggest fight they can make. He's one of the best. Francis Lagano is in the argument of one of the best heavyweights of all time, UFC, MMA, period. That's in my two cents. And let me throw this out there before I kind of get into what I want to get into if Francis and Jones fought, or, you know, what if I had Francis winning that fight? I just think Francis is too powerful, too athletic, too big, too damn strong. Uh, Jones has never felt that. And especially in his first fight back in 1200 days, and the first fight is a heavyweight. I had Francis defeating Jones and Francis uh, Jones won. And we'll see what happens. But what I want to get to is, uh, and you know, growing up, right, as a parent, um, a grandparent, a loved one always told you this, they would talk to you about if it. It's uh, your job or you had multiple different offers or a relationship uh, with a significant other or even a friend. And this was always uh, passed down to me. Uh, it was always told to me, and I, it just stuck with me, right? It's just one of those old cliches that uh, the grass is always not uh, greener on the other side. The grass is not greener always on the other side. And what I'm getting at with this is, I know Francis was um, talking about getting... A ton of money in another organization. Looks like it could be PFL. It looks like he could have that mega fight with Tyson Fury. But what's next? Like what comes after that? Like if he has a one-off with Tyson Fury and gets the back, right? He's in that spot. He's in that uh presented in that luxury spot against Tyson Fury. Why? Because he is he was the UFC heavyweight champion. He was the baddest man on the planet. The UFC has put him on posters. The UFC uh, put him in main events. The UFC granted him opportunities that he did deserve, but granted him opportunities. They even put him on ice when he was so damn good. They're like, dude, he has to get the title shot next. The heavyweight division is so damn tough. They didn't make him go through a gauntlet. Uh, They didn't make him go have another test. As soon as he beat Rosenstrike two and a half years ago, they're like, you're the champ, Francis. We're gonna put you on ice. I think the UFC has taken care of Francis Negano, has made Francis Negano into the star that he is today. So if this is kind of say the worst case scenario for Francis Negano, if he stayed. Just say if they offered him five million in a fight, three million with some points on the side, six, seven million dollars a fight. Worst case scenario. He loses to Jones on the comeback. They would probably. I would assume do a rematch, the baddest rematch in the planet, right? Uh, the rematch Jones versus Francis two. Just say he loses that, then he gets a really tough fight against a number one contender like a Sergey or even a rematch against Gone, something like that in there. He loses that, then the fourth fight the UFC knows they they have a lot of money. Francis GaN, they would probably want to take care of him. They would give him somewhere in between what five and ten. Uh, they want to give him Aspinall. They wouldn't give him Blades. They just he went through that gauntlet. That's Like The worst case scenario, Francis Ngannou had at least three or four mega huge fights. They can do the Stipe Trilogy whenever they want. They can just dip that into any main event, any pay-per-view on this planet. We're buying it. Francis Ngannou, to me, has turned down um, the limelight of his career, the pinnacle of his career. Yeah, that gun fight was great, but he was hurt. Weird, murky fifth round, a lot of grappling. To me, Francis Ngannou um, is trying to get... A greener grass, and I don't know if he's going to get it. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, he might get the bag once, and he might be dominating the PFL in 2023, right? He might have once, but what's next after that? To me, the future was in the UFC. To me, the next moves, I I hear this all the time hey, guys, play chess, not checkers. I think to me, this was a checker move by Francis DeGano. This was a one fight, um, a one year, uh, you know deal like he he wanted to make the bag once but well, what's next will the ufc take him back will we see francis jones in 2025 who knows but let me just say this the grass is always not greener on the other side hey i wish francis the best john jones gone ufc 285 cannot wait all right talk to you guys What's up, guys? We are back. The Dave Van Auken Show. I'm Dave Van Auken, and I'm pumped today. Uh, never talked to him. We reached out through socials. We got him on. Anthony santina Corella. How you doing, my man?
0: Oh, very good. Thank you. Yeah, I guess man, I got so a lot of names. great to have you days. on.
1: Uh, so much I want to get into mm. with it. We are an MMA podcast, Fight Banass. We cover mixed martial arts. We head to a lot of the events. But uh, before I reached out to you, I really did want to jump into a lot of uh, your history in combat sports and just a lot of the news in MMA. You kind of broke the news. You you went very viral this weekend. Had no idea you were going to do this before talking. Saturday night, you're back. TNA, DOA, all that. Uh, how did that come to be and how happy are you to be back in the professional wrestling
0: scene? Yeah, so in 2013, I opened Battle Arts Academy and, uh, you know, I had my neck surgery in 2014. Right. So I was kind of trying to rehab for a couple of years. And then in 2016, I realized I wasn't gonna be able to get back in the ring, you know, and and perform at a level I want to. So um, yeah, we left the company and I really just focused on on battle arts. And um, and that was it, you know, I have two small children, one yeah. and four. So I really wasn't looking to get on the road again. Uh, Scott Demore is a friend of mine and you know, we chatted about possibilities a few times and everything seemed to line up, you know, and all of a sudden uh, I I was looking for 2023, not this early, but to (laughs) kind of get back out there and, um, and do something. So, so Scott, as, as a habit, when he gets former WWE, WWE guys, he goes and checks the trademarks just as a habit. And he found that in 2021 WWE did not renew the Santino Morella trademark. Wow. So Scott jumped on it. So Impact Wrestling now owns the Santino Morella trademark. So that's why uh, a lot of people, when I, when I came out and said I'm Santino Morella, they're like, whoa, how is he able to use that? So the, that was almost bigger news than me coming back was the fact that I was able to use the name. So, right. um, yeah, it was fun, man. You know, just not having to modify the character and just being Santino is something that I'm I'm good at, I'm comfortable with, and I can flick a switch and be Santino on the – you know, sure. the drop of a dime. So, um, it, it was enough. I wasn't gone long enough where nobody knows, but I was. I'm gone long enough that it means something. So it was kind. Of, sure. It was a really good balance. Yeah, timing is everything, and it, it's the right time. So, it's fun. Thank you.
1: Very cool. Uh, with that being said. Uh, seconds away, moments away, you walk through that black curtain of, you know, a hundred thousands of times. How did they feel? How did they feel to kind of walk back, get that live Mac uh, live mic back on? The red light is on. I would assume there's no feeling like it on earth.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I get this thing when, when, I'm in just before the curtain, I have to pee a little bit. Right. <laughs> and, and, and that's always, always a good sign. So oh, when no. I, when I felt that, I go, God, I haven't felt that in like six years. So uh it, it was good and and uh, the the cadence and the interaction with the crowd and man, the people look genuinely happy, which really because when you're gone for six years, you're like, I think gonna care. And these things go through your mind, right? Like, you know. But the reactions were 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 such that it instantly made me just feel relaxed and comfortable and I was able to focus on what what I had to say. And man, it, it was awesome. And then then the you know, the congratulations backstage and and uh I have a lot of friends in the locker room. Like the locker yeah, room is, yeah, yeah. Is, is is super comfortable. It's a great organization. They're really known as the best, you know, wrestling company when it comes to in-ring wrestling. They don't have the production or the viewers, of course, WWE and AEW. But um, the the work rate is something the locker room takes great pride in. Sure. And uh, man, if I can put any additional eyes on on the on the product. Then that's what I'm here to do. Obviously, I'm going to be an, a, an authority figure, but with comedy, and let's go, man. I'm ready. You know, I will go. I leave again, and uh, what did this day Tuesday. I leave again on Thursday. We're going to Orlando, so wow. back, back on the road. It's, and it's a lighter schedule because yeah. with my small kids, I want to take them, especially my sons in, in junior kindergarten, right? So weekends are kind of. I mean, I have evenings, but weekends are our time, so I don't want to give away all my weekends. Right. So um, this schedule is great. It's a, it's a bit lighter.
1: And you mentioned Orlando. I would assume they they're taping in uh, Universal Studios in that
0: area. Um, actually, I usually don't know until the day before. <laughs> okay. I don't check. I can only remember so much, but it's <laughs> right, cool. But my, my daughter is in NXT. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, in Orlando, so I get to see her again. You know, I saw her at Christmas, but a- a- anytime I get to see my daughter, it's uh, it's I'll take advantage of it.
1: Very cool. Uh, And like I said, we threw out something on socials. We have a lot of really great fan questions. Actually, our Fight for ass community really jumps in hard. But uh, for you, to be honest, you had double, triple the questions that we usually have. So we love that. And I don't want to step on one of the questions, but you kind of did mention your daughter. So I did want to kind of take it there for a second. Uh, you mentioned how WWE didn't renew the name Santina Morella. Of course, AEW is popular. And then with Triple H kind of taken over before the last week or so, that's it's wild. The last week in uh, MMA and then professional wrestling has been uh, been bananas. Yeah. But, Triple H was bringing a lot of people back. Did you think or did you want or would you, re- you, know, would you have taken the call or have you talked to the crew from WWE or NXT or AEW? Has any of those talks happened over the last months, years?
0: Uh, No, I mean, I I have a very good relationship with WWE and uh, we chat sometimes. And the thing is, I'm Canadian. So to to bring me in for a one-off, they have to get a work visa. So it's like, man, we're going to spend five G's to bring them in for one day. So it really didn't make it uh, worth it because I had a green card. I've since relinquished my green card. I live in Canada. And um, yeah, so but but now with, with Impact, I have a U.S. work visa again. And I did talk to Scott in the beginning and said, one of the only things I ask is that when my daughter is able to be called up, I'd like to do something in the ring with her, you know? Okay. And uh, and, and he's cool with that. And, um, yeah, AEW, uh, I've been to a couple shows backstage. Again, a lot of friends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like For me, I'm a kid in a candy store when I'm backstage, and there's just so many guys that I admire or I worked with. Um, and, and WWE, uh, you know, my life is so perfectly balanced right now. I, I, I wouldn't, I can't gamble that, man. Yeah. I just, right, can, I just can't right. gamble it, you know. So right. um, to, to go on the road, fifty weeks a year, even if it's for one day, like if I have the book, I call it the Booker T schedule, you know, where you fly in, do commentary, fly home. Yeah. That's 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 still every week, and you're still flying out every Sunday, work every Monday, and fly home every Tuesday. So uh, I really like the schedule that yeah, I have now. No.
1: Unbelievable. Yeah, family first, absolutely. Um, A lot being said there, and okay, so like I said, let's bring it back a little bit to MMA. We're we're yeah. just huge in the industry, and it's kind of funny too because yeah, I'm a professional wrestling guy, watched it my whole life as a kid. I have kids now that we watch, it and all that being said, but when you when it was your time? I do even remember it to this day, and that was even before the UFC was one of the biggest things on this planet. You know, 15 years ago, they were around, but wasn't mainstream. There weren't on ESPN like they are now. But I did remember you as a combat sports, as a background of a sambo or judo, all of that. So take me to that stride. Were you always into combat sports? Did you always love MMA? Have you been a UFC fan before? It was cool to be a UFC fan. Tell me about your love and kind of your way through combat sports.
0: Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, you know, uh, it's kung fu, right? Bruce Lee. Right. And while everyone was playing, you know, cops and robbers, I, I had a ski mask on tiptoeing on the fence with my homemade nunchucks so i've always been a huge uh, martial arts fan in fact so i begged my mom to put me in my I said, I, I feel the calling i need to be in martial arts and my mom checked the schedule and the one that fit her thing was judo okay so i started judo at nine years old and i did it right through university i was on the uh, national team um I won a junior nationals I competed in the international high school championships a junior world championships um uh, US open and and so j- judo was my was my life judo was my identity judo was why I moved to montreal I went to university in montreal but that was just cuz there happened to be a university in the town where the national team trained and that was really it so I wrestled in high school and I basically adapted my judo for wrestling and I won sure. whenever every level I competed in. And then when I, when I went to scope out the national training center, when I was in my last year of high school, we went for March break and I met Andy Bordo and Andy Bordo was an Olympic wrestler for Canada and also on the national judo team. The guy was like, you know, heavyweight. So he said, are you going to wrestle for Concordia university? And I was like, man, you know, I never thought about it. And like, um, but I'm going to go to that school. So I ended up wrestling for Concordia. Um, And that's where I met a guy on my wrestling team, one of my best friends to this day. His dad was in the WWF. He was in Calgary Stampede. His name was Don Koloff. He was a, you know, I don't want to say job guy, but he was a super, I mean, he was a Bulgarian national champion in freestyle wrestling, like the crowbar of the locker room. Um, (laughs) Didn't have the sense of humor and the showmanship, but uh, well-respected in the ring. And uh, yeah, I met him and I'm like, of course, everyone. I, I dreamed about pro wrestling. I'd play in the basement and have epic hour-long matches with a pillow and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But it seemed it's, – it's unattainable. Like, Where are you going to – how are you going to get in? Like, you know, I didn't know there was a school. And all of a sudden, I found that this guy on my university wrestling team had a school. So, you know, I knew that I had been placed – I found my destiny. And I knew that I was heading in that direction. So we finished up school worked in the corporate world a little bit a couple of years just to kind of clean up. I was uh, I got married and divorced all in university, so I was kind of you know, I had a party party phase and I had sure. to clean up my act a little bit. So when I cleaned up my act and then then I, then I applied myself and uh, the same skill set that makes you a champion in anything, I applied to to pro wrestling and I kind of I really felt that I was like born for this, you know. It was really good. So um yeah, we had and then how do you? I had to go on the road. I packed up. I moved to Japan. I had to sit my daughter down and explain the situation. And it was super hard. I usually cry when I talk about it. But and then I had to go uh, to uh, Louisville, Kentucky and, and learn. So I started late, all this, this sure. university, teachers' college, working a little bit. I started training at 28. Right. My first right. match at 29. All of 30, I'm in Japan. And and, and this is where the a huge overlap. So in Japan, and this is 2004. So pride is like, you know, awesome. Yeah. And the Japanese dojo, the the original battle arts, the MMA guys and the pro wrestlers, they train all together. And, and the MMA guys go do pro wrestling and the pro wrestlers fight in MMA. So I'm like, this is right up my alley. And, uh, took a while, you know, uh, my grappling was super sharp in 04. Uh, I, I, I was, I'd grapple anybody in the world back in 04. I mean, since then, BJJ has blown up, right? And, and, sure. uh,
1: Gordon Ryan doing their thing. Yeah. Ford, yeah.
0: And some of these, like, you know, the, so in judo, I still grapple, right? And it's the, the leg lock game is, is, it's, uh, it's, it's tricky for me, man. We, we don't have leg locks in judo. Um, but, you know, I wrestled, I, I did uh, catch wrestling, I did judo. Um, I understand the basics of leg locks, but, you know, I'm actually going to compete. So I'm for, I'm turning 49 a couple okay. of months, and next year I'm 50, and I want to go do a Worlds. Uh, I'm a blue belt in BJJ because that's what that's what you get when you're a black belt in <laughs> judo on day one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm going to try and compete if my body. You know, I got a lot of injuries and my, old injuries that are kind of every time I get some momentum going and I feel like I'm in good shape, something happens. So my workouts these days are like more like rehab workouts where i'm trying to strengthen you know hip flexors and glutes and your lower core and all this stuff and if i can get a good string of training together i'm going to compete in the worlds for my age group and my weight and uh, and i really I, I think having that date is something to train for will, will bring out the best you know
1: yeah i i bring it up i usually talk when i do my pod i always do it with a permanent black marker and I've uh, probably done over 500 podcasts, talk to fighters, talk to fighters daily. And the thing they tell me the most, the thing that they love the most is having that date, a permanent yeah. black marker on a calendar, something to be like, all right, we're eight weeks off, we're seven weeks off, six weeks off, whatever it is. They love that um, you know, permanent black marker. Two things yeah, you but- said there I would love to ask, kind of take it with, um, you mentioned judo a lot. Did that, are you just um, fond of Kayla Harrison? who's probably <laughs> the most famous I MMA. Um, yep. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm a huge fan. I met okay. I met her once in Tampa. Uh, I knew who she was before, obviously. So, sure. so before COVID, I was doing some commentary for the World Judo Tour. Um, I have a friend uh, in the IJF, um, and he brought me as a guest because, you know, I have a million Twitter followers, and I was posting about judo because I was coaching judo uh, right up until COVID as well. So they brought me as a couple guests, and then I, I had been doing some wrestling commentary so when they put me on the mic as as a special guest at the World Judo Tour, they're like, "This guy's a natural commentator," and I'm like, you know, little do they know I I, I do some uh, sure. wrestling commentary. So they said, you know, I, I I did a few events. I did the Junior Worlds and I did the, uh, the a tournament in Budapest and Dusseldorf and in Montreal and and uh, I went to the Worlds actually in 2019. So they were already booked, like the commentary staff and. Um, I asked if I can go, and they're like, "Oh, the team's kind of booked." Like, How about if I get to Japan myself? You know, they they go, "Hey, if you get there, we'll, we'll put you on the mic." So I took a booking for DDT, and uh, and then I'm in Japan. You know, yeah. so I, I did commentary at the world's the year before the Olympics in the Budokan uh, arena, which was like, so I would pay for these trips. I, I would pay for a judo to go watch a Grand Slam, a Grand Prix, watch the best in the world. And the fact that I'm getting flown out there to do commentary and having an incredible seat, calling the action, that was amazing, man. And then in 2020, we, you know, I sold part of the, the gym and I, I had to take out uh, judo because I moved up north. So we were sharing mat space with BJJ Wrestling and judo, and now it's just BJJ and wrestling. And the programs have since, you know, exploded because they're legitimate five days a week. Uh, programs now. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not coaching right now, but I am the ambassador to Judo Canada. So, I try and uh, promote the sport. Actually, I was in the locker room this weekend and I'm realizing there's been like a movie about every martial arts. I right? even, you know, Ongbak, Kung Fu, Karate, Taekwondo, Vision Quest, right? Where's the judo movie, man? We need a judo movie. The so. Kayla
1: Harrison story. I think that's the movie. That that's the one that's going to uh, get the cake because her past and um, you know so much uh, trials and tribulations, and then to win, you know, go and just uh, her story to me is unbelievable. Oh, she's been on the posh. On she's it. a friend of Fight Bananas. We're huge Kayla Harrison people. Uh, you yeah. mentioned commentary too, and uh, it's funny you say that. Um, I try to tell people about it all the time. I also do some commentary for some uh, MMA organizations. There ain't nothing like it. There ain't nothing like... uh commentary on a live mic on a red hot mic and especially in MMA or you judo cuz you don't know when it's going to end you don't know when it's going to stop you know professional wrestling you see the you know the build up and the build up and they're going they're going you can kind of you know in every kind of main event match you know it's in that 16 to 22 minute sweet spot and an MMA fight it might be you know with masvidal and Askren it's 5 seconds you just never know when that end is going to be so on a hot commentary mic there ain't nothing like it it's a beautiful beautiful thing
0: yeah and it's funny cuz uh when you're new at it, you have to be careful to not catch yourself just watching. Yeah, right, so right, into right. It. but you have to remember to call the action and, and sure. give some insight. And um, early, so like the judo guys before BJJ blew up, we were the only guys that had ground. Really, you know. In fact, BJJ was taught was invented by a judo guy that moved to Brazil and, and taught newaza. So you know, I'm teaching triangle chokes. In 1995, at a seminar in an MMA gym in Mississauga, That's so cool. and uh, and now these guys, their knowledge of like, it's incredible. And right? now they're teaching yeah. it back to me with extra detail and how to get into it and stuff. But uh, judo and BJJ are like first cousins, right? Yeah, yeah. So back in the day when Hoyce Gracie uh, won, it, it was like a a victory for judo as well. To be honest, sure. right? Sure. Same gi, you know, trying. Sankaku's judo techniques and he's doing takedowns. I mean, it's really just the rules of competition actually that that, that are, are quite different. Right, same right. techniques, same with Sambo and, and even some wrestling. It's all the same stuff.
1: And and I know you just said it to a couple men. I like I said, I watched some podcasts with you recently. Uh, The one with uh, Raquel was awesome, and it it really does feel and look from afar that you're in a great place mentally, hopefully physically, and all that. And I know you have no regrets and never want to go back. And life is what life is. But if we had a little pixie dust, a little, uh, you know, we can change back history. Would you rather stay in the WWE, do that 10, 15 year run, be a professional wrestler, or if someone said, hey you you can be a MMA superstar, right? We can you can Ooh. be one of the greatest featherweight fighters of all time, have a run. Would you ever would you did you miss maybe not going for that, you know, MMA crossover like well, it is now being on ESPN and, and being a pay-per-view superstar?
0: Yeah, I often say that I'm glad it didn't blow up till I was older. <laughs> okay. If, okay. If, if if I was 17, yeah, and I was like, you know, at the national level in judo. I'm taking fights for sure. For sure. What weight uh, class
1: would you be? as I was, a UFC I was, fighter
0: back then. Um, yeah, prime. Yeah, I fought 78 kilos, which is 172. So I, I was a welterweight. Okay. Um, right now, I'm like uh, you know, my whole wrestling career, I was like 100 kilos, so 220, okay. uh, 227. I, I got you know, I'm trying to bulk up to those big guys, but I'm only <laughs> right, right. I'm only five foot ten. I'm trying to diet down a little bit now uh, to get below 200 pounds. That's it's. Um, it's not easy, but if I if I do compete in the jiu-jitsu, I think it's I think the category is 195. Okay, So, one I'm nine, just, so you, in striking your prop, you would have,
1: you would have been a welterweight. You would have been uh you know George St. Pierre, you and GSP, you know, maybe, middle,
0: maybe middleweight. Oh, okay, maybe middleweight. Okay, it, okay. It's getting harder and harder to make weight throughout my life. I I, I was uh, sure. I guess I'll say welterweight. I was welterweight at like 15, wait right till 23. Yeah. And uh every year as you mature and get more muscle, it's getting harder and harder to make weight. So Maybe as I was older, probably well too late. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, I was going to say, yeah. Like I said, we got some fan stuff. We do a going bananas thing. But I do want to say so do you, you stick with MMA news all the time? You're kind of up to it and you
0: what? Well, I follow Fight uh, Bananas, right? So hey, I, I, you I go. get to uh, no, There we go. Um, John
1: Jones is back. Like that was just a humongous thing over the weekend. Uh, he he was one of the biggest names in the industry. He was gone for three years, moving up to heavyweight fighting for the championship on March 4th. As a fan of MMA, where are you on the whole John Jones scenario?
0: Uh, I love John Jones, you know, um, as a fighter, as an athlete. And it's funny because he's, he was fighting two Oh five. Right. And I'm looking and I'm like, he is humongous. (laughs) I'm walking around at like, you know, like let's say 225. I'm like, so I'm I'm heavier, I'm bigger, but he is so much bigger. I'm like, he would be a nightmare with that reach and his technique and his great wrestling. Um, Can he, can he stay away from the partying? Right. That that's really, that's it. That's the only question. That's the only question. Can he string enough days in a row with no drinking and partying that he's going to be, a really good presentation of himself and and you know he was also young and he made a lot of money and shit happens right um i'm, I'm hoping he he stays away for uh, stay home smoke some weed man don't don't, don't go out you know like right. just stay home and put the bottle down but he's the greatest man he's the greatest yeah. it's just a matter of, he, his, his only competition is himself and his demons that's it if he's the best version of john jones nobody's gonna touch him he's gonna play with cyril Take him down at will and destroy him on the ground. It probably, if he's in good shape and takes him down, it won't get out of the first round. He'll smash his head in, in the first round. Ground and pound.
1: I, I agree. I love your take on that. Uh, that really, like I said, I know how much you do pay attention and how much you. I, I agree immensely on it. Uh, there's, there's a ton of great, all-time great MMA fighters, and I've watched it since UFC one to what it is today and but inside that octagon like there he's done a lot of shit outside the octagon that i mean i personally don't like there's some you know stuff and when you're in the industry sometimes you hear things and it is what it is right but inside that octagon when that door cages he is the greatest mixed martial artist i've ever seen he he had no holes uh and some of the greatest fighters were really dominant at one but a little weak on this and this john had no holes he still has no holes and i kind of think I'm with you. I think the years apart, and I think he knows this is his last run, if that makes sense. It's, it's, it's kind of a comeback kind of a thing. I think he's going to be pretty dominant. I think he's going to win a, a couple heavyweights in a, in a in a row. I think he's smart enough to stay away from the one big punch from a heavyweight, but he's so much more technical and smooth, and I think he's going to be quicker than all these heavyweights. I think he, I, the next 18 months should be very interesting for John. Really his
0: His fight IQ is obviously off the charts. Oh, geez, my son just scared the hell out of you. Marco. I'm on, just give me a second, okay, (laughs) buddy. um, but the only thing with someone who's that good, the ego comes into play and, um, he might say, I'm not going to back away from his striking. I'm going to show him that I can outstrike him. And, you know, I think he's smart enough to try not to do that. Did he leave? Oh, sorry. My son just scared the hell out of me. Um, my son, (laughs) I joke around. He's the ultimate, uh. If you, you know, combat sports athlete in the making here, yeah. I make him, I make him do he's four. I make him do pull downs on the gee with there a gee. He's lifting up um, medicine balls to practice double legs. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I else, actually
1: got to pay attention to your boy. You know, he's next.
0: Yeah, we we have a nice facility here at the house, and, right. and so my wife is a fitness uh, fanatic as well. So anyway, he always wants to come in the gym, but you know, we say, oh, you can't come in with training. So we make sure to give him his training time. And now he wants to go even more. And everything, we, I always do neck exercises, grip exercises. Like, I, I try to awesome. keep it fun, but he doesn't know he's already training. <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> Beautiful. Um. Okay, like I said, we're super into Mount Rushmore's. Yeah, maybe Maybe John Jones is a part of it. Who is your all-time? Who is your MMA Mount Rushmore? Who are the four guys or girls that, at the end of the day, if you had to put names, uh, put heads on a on Mount Rushmore, who is your all-time MMA
0: Mount Rushmore? Uh, GSP is there, okay. uh, Anderson Silva, um, Jose Aldo, yeah, uh, and, and John Jones. That's four, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's you know, a good one. ronda Rhonda, what she did was amazing, and again, judo, right? I'm a huge fan of hers as yeah. well. Uh, just the way it ended with okay, the Holly home fight was a tactical mistake, and then uh, she, just, she got caught, right? Um Against uh, the the Lioness, right? Uh, yeah, Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes. There was that one shot on the chin, and then everything went out the window. And you can hear her, her corner yelling. It was tough to watch because I know she didn't train to do that. She trained to move and move and move. And right. the whole notion of lunging in and getting caught on the way in. I mean, it happened to Jose Aldo with Conor McGregor. Right? Yeah, he, yep. he moved yep. in and got caught with that left. And man, it's uh, but 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 Ronda for the things she did during that time was incredible.
1: Yeah, like be, oh, just. She she like broke through. She she's one of those females uh that broke through that glass ceiling, you know, especially in MMA. I would assume uh you probably do maybe watch her a little bit more in what she's doing in WWE. She's been you know literally a diamond for them over the last two three years. Uh, heel or a face, it doesn't matter. Rivalry, you know that she should and inside that ring, she's pretty damn good. She she knows what she's doing. It's uh, it's been a fun ride, I think, for her.
0: Yeah, there's a few. Like, I always wanted, you know, Shelton Benjamin WWE.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Minnesota. imagine that
0: guy. If that guy got into MMA. Yeah. Like, what a well, animal, man. Mark, H- about Mark about kind of Kurt amazing.
1: Angle. Kurt. Imagine oh, Kurt man. in 1998, 2000 and going into MMA.
0: <sighs> Incredible, man. Yeah. He, he and, would just. And, and Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Awesome
1: them. He would just wrestle them to death.
0: Yeah. He's he's relentless. Unstoppable. Never get tired. Like, it's just, it's it's a level of fury. Yeah, and that people they can't even imagine until they're they're just like what happened, right? But Brock Lesnar with the diverticulitis, and he never we I don't think we ever. Man, we, we should have had more Brock Lesnar. You know, he's right. he's so strong and so explosive, and and uh, imagine he had a a rock solid camp from a bit of a younger age. I think yeah. it would have been the era of Brock Lesnar. You know, yeah,
1: very good point. All right, let's do some of these fan questions. Like I said, they came in uh, heavy. We really appreciate them. Um, Okay, this is from Jamie underscore KU underscore son. Probably one you get a lot, I would assume. What is your all-time favorite wrestling moment?
0: Um, Of me or just in general?
1: Yeah, of you, of you.
0: Um, You know what? Actually, it's it's, uh, when I won my first title ever. It was at OVW and I won the television championship. And I think I wasn't signed yet. And I was one of the only unsigned guys on the program, wow. but it was OVW was a developmental territory, so the office was watching. And you know, I had a different character. I was Boris Alexiev. If you ever want to go on YouTube and punch in Boris Alexiev, you'll have a you'll you know it was very MMA um, oriented. I right, came out like right. an MMA fighter. I just smashed people, judo throws, ground and pound, submissions. I uh, wasn't very pro wrestling at all, actually. And, um, we conditioned the audience to believe that this was like a segment of the show that was not pro wrestling. This was nice. a fight. Right. And the audience right. would be like, they, they would go in this frenzy and they'd be like, fight, fight, fight. And they, they thought like they're circling around after school and two guys are going to fight, you Yeah, know? um, I I'd say that was my favorite moment.
1: Okay. Very cool. Um, Alexia's eight, four, zero seven says, when are you coming to Germany?
0: Oh, to Germany. Uh, well, now that I'm with uh, someone has to call me and book me. I'll come to Germany. Okay. Um, I've always had great experiences with WWE in Germany. Um, I'm scheduled to go to Europe this year, uh, mostly the UK, though, and Poland. But, uh, yeah, um, I'm down. To, I love German Germany.
1: Yep. Uh, Brody underscore Decora says, uh, is Santino a good son of a gun?
0: <laughs> yeah, so son of a gun. My my best friend growing up is my next door neighbor, and his dad is Santa son, son Ivan. So, <laughs> and so, you know, my whole generation is all first generation Canadians. All our parents are from Europe, Croatia, Greece, Portugal, Malta, Poland, Italy. So, I, <laughs> I just take little tidbits from all our parents right. and uh, and implement it into the character. So Santa is from my neighbor Ivan, and uh, yeah, he. It's funny. He's like a you know a Croatian immigrant, and I told him that, that I say "send him a gun" on TV, and he's like, "You have to give me money." So <laughs> he, he knew all about royalties, and trademarks, and everything. <laughs> I
1: love it. I love it. Um, Kevin uh, Ride says, "When are you going to come roll with the boys at Driven?"
0: Oh yeah, yo, I, I, in Midland, I'm actually going back. So I was taking my son. There's a jujitsu club here. I oh, went. God and then I was taking my son but there's like his class and there's an hour space and then my class and it's like a half hour drive so it wasn't working out so I just took my son out of it because he's it's he's he's, uh, he's four and he's you know really skinny and I don't want to I want it to be a good experience for him so anyway I'm coming back as soon okay. as I got a little little bicep issue that just needs to get a little better I don't I don't need to be perfect so I can wear a sleeve but uh, right. I, if I go now it's going to I'm going to mess it up so I'm just going to wait a few weeks and I'm there
1: very cool. Two more for you, and we'll let you run. Um, are you happy to be back in the world of Russell Entertainment and also greetings from Italy? That's from uh, Mero underscore Maglietta.
0: Oh yeah, it's great to be back. You know, when, when like uh, you live in airports and you live in uh, hotels and rental cars, and and it's funny when I show up to the airport, I feel like I'm. It's like my office. That's where I work. You know, I go to the airports. So it was nice. it's actually nice to go to the airport again and, and uh, establish the routine. It's funny, I'll you know, you, you become a professional living out of a suitcase. So this time, though, I had to think about everything and how many days and how many socks and workout clothes and go to the building clothes. And, you know, uh, <laughs> so I have to sharpen up my packing skills again.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Uh, last question for the fans. This is from Coach underscore Van and. Kind of the same uh, area of question. Uh, Why return to wrestling now in 2023? And with that being said, did you have any other interest from any other wrestling company?
0: Um, Well, I was talking to WWE about doing something with my daughter, but but that's it. You know, there's still on the table, but um, I I call it the Chris Jericho plan. You know, I want to be able to call my shots and do what I want to do. I'm a a business owner, right? We have a couple locations of, of a gym and, um, I like to go and make an appearance once a month. So it really, this is, and I don't want to be away. So this this literally was the only thing I really wanted to do. Beautiful.
1: And you mentioned your daughter, and we we mentioned NXT. I know. Um, I believe wasn't it uh, six eight months ago she tore ACL, right? Is that what happened with the Yeah, injury? she's
0: twelve weeks out, and she's oh, twelve uh, weeks out. Wow. Uh, of a surgery, and she's progressing really well. She's running, and you know, high knees and some plyometrics. So she'll be back. So she she's a megastar like in the making. She was identified from a young child. And that's really actually one of the main reasons that I became a professional wrestler. We, was because the professional wrestling and, and and movies kind of seemed to be c- connected at the time with WWE films. And she's yeah. like a she's like a movie star. Like my daughter's like um like a future A-list megastar. And uh, I know it sounds weird, I'm her dad, but no, I, like I get it. she's Everyone in NXT absolutely loves her. She's a blue chip stock, you know. When it comes to their mic skills, she's probably the best, maybe in WWE right now. But she's wow. she won school speeches and she debates and you know student of excellence and acting and and she did uh, hosting of TV shows and all, all that stuff. So she's perfect there. She's big. She's like five eight, you know, strong. Um. And she gets wrestling. She gets, understands psychology, and she's right. very pretty. She was model and Miss Teen Ontario. So you boil it all down, and she took judo and stuff, right? She is the the consummate superstar. You know, when they tell you what they're looking for, yeah. we want this. We want. She speaks. You know, fluent French. She speaks English. Uh, she's a she's a superstar. You know, I raised her as a superstar, and one of the reasons I because you know I just finished university. I'm trying to start my life, and and. Um, when you're given a child that is identified as, and people come up to me and like, your, your daughter's like gonna be something amazing, right? And now there's a lot of pressure on you. you if, she right, doesn't, right, right. if she doesn't, it's because you didn't give her the environment to flourish. Right. So I'm like, how am I gonna get this girl somewhere where she can be all she can be? Well, I'm pretty sure I can become a wrestler because I'm really good at it. And then when I'm there, I can reach back and pull her up to a platform where she can then excel. And right. she is, uh, I walked in, when I walked in the PC, People come up to me and they're like, We love her. Thank you. We love her. She's doing great. So, you know, like two, three years from now, she's gonna be the top dog in in, in the women's division. I, I'm like Roger we're gonna record this right now. We'll chop it
1: up. I'm calling it right now WrestleMania 42. So we're around three years away. We'll have Charlotte Flair versus your daughter in one of the night one of the main events. It's the passing of the torch. Charlotte will pass the torch to your daughter. And we just thought itself, you know, come well,
0: on. It's, so it's funny because I went, I went to Ric Flair's thing in Nashville, you know, the last right. match. And right. I saw I was hanging out with Charlotte. Man. I love Charlotte, man, and Andrade. They're both cool as hell. Um, and I just maybe had a couple of drinks, and I gave her that serious. I want you to wrestle my daughter, and she no. But they, she came up to me. She was, like, I love your daughter. I love what she's doing. We watch her. We, the, wow. you know, like the Bellas comment on because she'd come backstage, you know, yep. Natty. Uh, yep. Everyone knows my daughter because they. She was like thirteen back then. I got pictures of Maurice and Eve dressing her up and the. She'd be in the locker room. They all took her for the day, you know. And now for them, it's a trip because. Now she's a woman, right? And and right. and and she's there. And so anyway, the, when I go to AEW or Impact or WWE, everyone is always just commenting on my daughter and how she's doing, and they watch her. And everyone knows she got hurt. So there's a she, she's a, a lot of a lot of focus on her. Everyone's keeping an eye because they know what she's capable of. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And uh, so it's it's good, man. It's all about her now.
1: That's awesome. That's a hey, there ain't nothing more. I have four kids of my own, and then there ain't nothing four. more. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, special, like you can say, to have when you know your kids uh, succeed in whatever they want to do. I, Anthony, appreciate it immensely. We went 35 minutes, it felt like it was five minutes. I uh, yeah. appreciate it. Uh, I'd love to give you the floor. Anything you want to, you know, announce or drop off or push or a website or your socials, anything like that, the floor is yours, my man. I
0: appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, you know, I try and actually. Stay away from social media a little bit lately, especially with everything going on. The world seems to be just absolutely losing their mind. I, I want I want to see pictures of like you know Labrador retrievers becoming friends <laughs> with ducks, you know you know things like that. Um, but no, man, I'm just coaching in uh, Toronto at Battle Arts Academy. If you want to be a professional wrestler, come on by and I'll, I'll do my best to pass some knowledge your way. Uh, I think everyone should put their kids in some grappling sport, whether it's judo, wrestling, or jiu-jitsu, grappling sports, are they build strength because yeah. of that resistance, you know, back and forth. That resistance is strength building. And then that's – especially if let's say your kid plays baseball, put him in the judo in the offseason. When he goes right. back to baseball, he's cracking home runs. You know, he's just yeah. a better athlete.
1: And Anthony, maybe um, not even more physical strength. Maybe more than anything, it's mental uh, strength and, and how to come back and the 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 work and, and the ethics and everything that it, it teaches you. It's imme- like when you look at those mats, you don't see anyone who's uh, a slap ass. You know what I mean? You don't see anyone usually overweight. You see some of the best athletes in the world. It's a it's a it's a great base to be in. I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I love about it is some days, like a like for example, my morning workout today was not the most focused and I, you know, I was slacking. Right. But you, you go to, you go to BJJ, you can't slack. Someone's going to choke you out. So you can't slack. So it's all you got to do is show up. You just show up. And the, the, the intensity is waiting for you when you get there. Um, But that's about it, man. I, uh, not much else to really promote and push, Uh, you know, yeah, just, Hope everyone has a a good 2023. Push yourself, do the right thing, be kind to one another, and and, uh, train hard.
1: Sounds great, man. Like I said, we appreciate your time immensely. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. Anytime there's an MMA uh, show or an event or a fight that breaks and you want to chat with us, give us a ring. We'll definitely uh, chop it up with you uh cannot wait to see what's next for you in tna cannot wait to see what's next for you and the and your daughter uh down there in nxt hopefully we wish a speedy recovery and uh man i we like i said we appreciate it and huge fan of you and uh, we'll talk to you soon all right my man
0: okay thank you very much man have an awesome right,
1: day be good